College Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Whole beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. As you uh, listen to us live anywhere around the world on the Podbean app, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our new presenting partner, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always from beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you this evening? Uh, we're doing all right, Scott. I mean, this is um, very unusual to have <laughs> actual college hockey going on while we're doing a show. Uh, at least on Tuesday nights. Anyway, you kind of can get a Sunday night. You almost understand that. Right. Because um, it's the weekend. Uh, but a Tuesday night? <laughs> you know, it's not Monday night in February in the bean pot. This is regular season stuff here. And we're watching um, your favorite team, the Gophers. Um, <laughs> Careful now. Careful. Double, double up Ohio State and shots 18 to 9 at this point. Uh, and up one nothing. They just missed a power play goal. How they did that, I don't know, but uh, it looked like they had a wide-open net. But, what, are you, um, what are you trying to do, make points with Micheletti and, and Myers and all those guys up there, or what? Um, well, okay. I mean, I wasn't thinking of it that way, but <laughs> sure, why rubbing, not? I mean, instead of rubbing it into me, you might as well just uh, tell them that you're going to pat them on the back and build some brownie points with those two. Well, isn't this the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. You're kind of getting a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, I get two birds with one stone this way. Well, uh, I just got one uh, if word it makes for you. you. If it, listen, if it makes you feel any better, um, okay. gold, Pride. white, gold, uh, <laughs> at least this version of it, no good. Love the jersey. It just doesn't look good with the, with the helmet and the pants. And I like a good gold, white. It just I, – I don't know. This is it, like I said. Love the jersey. I think the jersey is great, but the rest of it, nah. I, I'll pass on that. Okay. But, uh, uh, fair you know. enough. But you know, everything's Wait, a little we... different because this is 2020. Do I need to say anything more than that? No, 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 no. I, I get that. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, like I said, I just you know, like when I watch an ASU football game and they wear gold, white, gold. It looks right. It looks. It's just a different. It's obviously just the different shades. Uh, maybe it's the way the stripes are on it, and and so forth and so on. But uh, 
Could be no. just that you're an ASU alum, too. That could be. Well, we know that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but that's not the point. Speaking of ASU alums, that's um, an interesting little uh, tidbit on the app there. Um, but, you know, it's um, a situation where, uh, like I said, I, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, you know how calm and cool and collected Twitter can be. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, certain fan bases uh, have, <laughs> shall we say, taken, I don't know, I don't want to use the word pot shots, but why not? Pot shots at, at, at ASU's if, program. If the, and, word, if the word fits, Paul, use yeah. it. And that one with similar colors has been one of them. The other one is, is green and white, but we won't mention their name until a couple of weeks <laughs> from now because they don't play yet. So, right. um, but um, no, like the jersey looks great, and they are kicking Ohio State's butt, even though it's only one nothing. Um, uh, the Blue Bloods and the Big Ten are back this year, uh, whether we like it or not. Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Michigan are 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 just. Uh, taking, you know, kicking butt and taking names so far. And, um, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, and for those of us that like to go against the chalk, uh, not been a good start to the season so far. Yeah, I hear you. Well, um, you know, congrats to the Big Ten for being able to get all of their games played because right now, as I mentioned to you on Sunday Night Ball, um, there's more – cancellations and postponements than there are games being played so for the Big Ten to be able to do what they're doing and you know you and I were on with the NCHC this week and their media day and and they're excited Uh, uh, Commissioner Fenton was really excited about uh, the fact that they think they have a really good plan uh, in going into their pod in Omaha starting on the 1st of December so we'll see how that goes but you know, let's not kid ourselves. COVID is uh, is running wild around the country. Um, Arizona, you know, you name it. Every state in the country is well, uh, getting beat uh, up by I it mean, right now. Northeastern is 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 shutting it down uh, till the middle of December. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on in the ECAC. I mean, that's just <laughs> a mess. Oh, poor uh, Cap Carey. I was I, oh, I sent Cap him a tweet be, today oh. telling him that I, I just feel for him because how in the world do you plan that? How do the teams plan for it? How do the players, the coaches, I mean, all of everybody involved. But, okay, so so here's the deal for tonight. We've got uh, ASU games to just quickly run over because we did talk about them Sunday night against right. uh, Michigan State. Um, we have the preview of ASU and Wisconsin coming up, and Wisconsin is doing a number on Penn oh. State. Or did a number? They the did. They nights. did a couple of numbers on Penn State, <laughs> yeah. and um, part of that was, you know, Wisconsin's got some big time goal scorers and some big time players. Um, uh, uh, for example, uh, in the first game last night, they might have had ten shots. Wisconsin in the first two and a half periods, and I think they scored on five of them. Yeah, that, that, um, that, that's not only hitting the net; that's different. picking your spots, right? Oh, they picked some beauties last night, boy. Let me tell you that right now. Um, and they killed a uh, a big power play uh, in the middle of the game, and they had a goal called back. And I would love to know what they said to uh, Coach Granado 
uh, when they reviewed the goal and took it back that could have given them a, a two-goal lead at the end of the second period or was at the end of the first period. Either way, uh, but they came back and, and, and still kicked Penn State's butt, um, even though Penn State outshot them like three to one. It was crazy because every shot Wisconsin took went in, and it seemed like that tonight too. So, Yeah, absolutely. So we'll preview the ASU-Wisconsin series coming up for you and get you ready for that post-Thanksgiving matchup Saturday and Sunday night in the Cole Center in Wisconsin. Um, and then, no, I think they're playing in the, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not in the arena. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are correct. They are not in Cole. Um, so anyway, um, we'll preview that for you. Then we've got a very special guest coming on that I wanted to have on because, um, he was a general manager of the ACHJ club that won the national tournament at ASU. And uh, he's a big fundraiser for the program, has been for years, and uh, doing a great job. So Ken Lind is going to join us, and, and we're going to – I wanted to have him on because last week, Paul, on the 18th, was the 6-year anniversary of Arizona State going Division One uh, NCAA hockey. And um, I want to just pick his brain to, to, to see if he ever thought that it was going to rise this quickly – uh, the program I'm talking about in NCAA hockey. And, and we'll touch back on the, the ACHA days and all of those things. So in just a few minutes, we'll uh, we'll have Ken Lind on to, uh, to discuss that. Then we'll preview Air Force as they, uh, they go on the road uh, in Atlantic hockey. Um, uh, AIC well, we, is we where they're headed. We can right? talk about that now. I mean... No, no, we'll get, we'll get that we'll get that at the end. And then uh, we'll wrap right. things up with the uh, NCHC... Uh, preview. Um, no, I just figured the, we would get that. I just figured we would get that in before Ken, because you know what happens once we start getting the guests on, then we squeeze everything in on the end. And, <laughs> I mean, I, we'll, we'll have plenty of time tonight. We'll make it work. We, we we've got a game okay. plan. We got a game well, plan. That's good. I'm glad somebody does because <laughs> I just come on here and wing it. <laughs> no, we've got a game plan tonight, so that's how we're going to do it and see how things work. If it, if it doesn't work, folks, you can uh, you can put the blame on me. And uh, we also have uh, a shout-out to our birthday girl, our uh, executive producer, uh, Terry, is uh, celebrating a birthday today. So we've had a little fun doing some different things and want to thank her for all the hard work she does behind the scenes because, Paul, she makes you and I – She puts up with you. She she makes you and I look really good uh, for, for what we do. do. So uh, we're we're very grateful for that. So happy birthday, Terry! And um, we will get moving right on. As I said, I want to talk a little bit about this Wisconsin series before we bring Ken on. So um, you saw Wisconsin play a couple of games. You just talked about how good they were against Penn State. Um, tell us what ASU is up against against Wisconsin. Well, I. Wisconsin, uh, at least for these first few games this year, you know, they had a lot of talent last year and they struggled. Um, I think that year's experience has definitely helped them, uh, at least if you listen to the coach. Uh, he said that as well. Not that it took a genius for me to figure that out. Um, and, you know, they, they've actually had uh, some, some, some missing pieces uh, for various reasons. Uh, missing some of their centers, and they've got the Caulfield brothers playing together right now. And, um, you know, there's always something to uh, that familiarity, even if there's a couple of years apart. They played together growing up, and, and you kind of see the chemistry that they have. 
Uh, everybody's looking out for Cole and, and, and Brock Caulfield is putting pucks in the net and setting up his brother. And, and Wisconsin is, 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 you know, like I said, their shots have been off the charts and, and, and deadly accurate. Uh, I, I think ASU is better in the net than Penn State is. So I think that will help them a lot. Um, you know, and ASU has had, uh, you know, trouble scoring. We know that. Uh, but at some point, you know, if you got guys that have got a history of scoring that, uh, that, that they will break out at some point. Uh, Wisconsin has a lot of speed uh, and a lot of top draft picks on their team. And they really did take it to Penn State this weekend. Uh, you know, Penn State uh, was one for the weekend on the power play, and they're an offensive-minded team. Uh, Bedoin, their goalie in Wisconsin, seems to have settled them down in the net. And uh, and I think that uh, uh, he's been a big, big factor in their start to the season so far, as goaltending tends to be. Uh, just call me Captain Obvious on that. Um, but that's <laughs> something they didn't really get last year was was the solid, not, not necessarily great goaltending because he hasn't had to face a lot of big-time scoring chances, at least this these last two nights. But he's made the routine saves, made the, the saves that you expect a goalie to make. And I don't think Wisconsin got that last year. Yeah, and that's a that's a big difference. As we all know, you got to build from the goal out if you want to win championships. And it's nice to source seven. It's nice to source six or whatever. But um, you know, if you're giving up uh, eight or seven, that's not going to do it. So um, it's going to be a fun series. I, I think uh, both teams are going to be jacked up for it uh, right after the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, you know, like I said, we're just waiting for uh, the Sun Devils to break out that offense, which we know is there. Uh, the talent and the numbers from, from past seasons tell you that. So it's just mm -hmm. a matter of them uh, going. And I think, Paul, what's going to happen is when, when they get going, you're going to see goals coming in bunches. They're going to come one after right. another because I think it's just a matter of breaking that ice. You could see that uh, in the game that they ended up tying at Michigan State when Chris Granville scored that goal. You could just see there was a jump in their step and they were ready to go. So I'm looking forward to a really good series this weekend. It's great that they're going to be simulcast on uh, Fox Sports Arizona out here in the desert. So uh, people right. will get a little more exposure. And I know that's a big thing uh, with ASU playing in the Big Ten this year. They're going to get a lot more exposure than, than they probably would have playing just a regular, quote-unquote, regular season. So uh, we'll look forward to that this weekend. But without any further ado, and let's bring let's bring on a man. You got one more thing? No, I was going to yeah. say, oh. and it, it, you know, uh, Johnny Walker's probably not going to play this weekend, and they've had a week now to adjust to that. So uh, players have had a time, had time, will have time and practice to adjust their games uh, to how the coach sets them up, and 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 and, and that's got to be a factor too, because you know, instead of looking for him, knowing that he's not going to be there. Uh, that you know they'll they'll have a chance to make those adjustments and and it makes a difference yeah no doubt about it okay it's time to bring on our special guest the guy that i've been waiting to have on because this has been a big week a big uh 
five, six days or so for, for Arizona State hockey. And one of the guys that was there at the beginning when they won a national championship at the ACHA level, the general manager, um, Ken Lind, is going to join us. Uh, Ken, if we have you on there, we'll have you uh, just push on that green button. I think we got you. Ken, you got Scott and Paul with you. How are you this evening? I can see him. Well, yeah, hopefully he has his mic on. Yeah, I can't hear him, so uh, we'll see if uh, our great producer can hook things up and make sure that we get to hear Ken because that's what he's here for. <laughs> well, I can, well, I can hear, I, I can hear you. Oh, guys. there you go. Oh, there we go. We hear you. We hear you. How are you? Hey, boys. How are you? Uh, we're, we're doing, doing well. I was just gonna say you're such a pretty face, but unfortunately, we're just uh, we're just podcasting, so it's just voice now. So you're gonna have to bring that beautiful voice as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey Paul, have you been? Are you a Long Island native? Uh, I grew up in Queens. Oh, I grew up in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, my my parents uh, uh, also grew up in Brooklyn. It explains why I'm a Mets fan. Me too, uh, because uh, <laughs> they would not allow me uh, to root for that other team that we don't acknowledge. Um, <laughs> never, and, never, never, ever, 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 ever. And uh, I, I I grew up in Queens. Uh, basically until I graduated from high school and uh, found myself at Arizona State. Um, and I was wondering how you made that uh, from, from New York to Arizona State. Well, it's, it's kind of weird because um, uh, my, my stepdad got a job in Phoenix halfway through my senior year, and, uh, and I ended up there because the other school that I – applied for to get into that I wanted to get into they were smart enough not to take me and uh that's they still, really they how still it, party they still party every well yeah I'm sure they do um they didn't want me to ruin their reputation so um I ended up at ASU um you Good know it you. was a struggle at the beginning because uh you know going from an an all guys at least at that time it was Catholic high school to uh Arizona State was a bit of a culture shock, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's how I ended up there uh, several times. And then in the end, they they made me leave. I didn't want to. They they, they said you can't stay anymore. Get the heck out. We're sick of looking at you. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, they were smart enough to eventually kick me out, but that's how I ended up at at, at ASU, and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, it's great. It's really is. I had two children who went there, so I love the school as well. So let's talk some ASU hockey. I yes. I, I got involved in this because my son was playing ice hockey, so he decided he he had played uh, he played with the uh, Dallas Stars and he played in uh, Columbus, Ohio, with the Blue Jackets. He played with a couple teams, midget major, and and just was getting hurt and just said, "Dad, I know I'm not going to the NHL or a big school. I'm a small guy. He's five nine. He was a small guy. He was always getting hurt. So I said, he said, I'm just going to go to school. I said, great, do that. So he went to ASU. The first year was a disaster, just watching from afar. Everybody <laughs> right. tries their best. So if I say something was a disaster, I just mean respectfully it was a disaster because I know how hard everybody tries, particularly with a program that, that you have to go out and fund. So, so when everybody, by just out of curiosity? This was uh, 12 years ago. Okay, I was already gone by then. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I watched from afar. And then the second year I got involved, and also Greg Powers had gotten involved uh, the first year as well as assistant coach. 
And Greg was just driven. You could just, you know, when you see that guy, when you talk to that guy, when you interview that guy, you could just tell this guy had his head on straight. He knew what he wanted and he had a plan. And so we sat and together we put together a plan. I say together, I drank the beer and he put up the plan. <laughs> Sounds like but, the way it should be planned. <laughs> but we put a plan together and the, the whole secret to it was kids were coming here because they were on the fringe. You know, not not initially here in the fringe. Originally, they were just club players and they were sloppy hockey. And when Greg got involved the second year as head coach and we put that plan together, we decided that, and Greg decided that we had to change the culture There because there was none. So it was easy right. to change. There was nothing embedded in bedrock. So we came in and we changed the culture and we did silly things. Like we didn't mention that we played club sports. I know it sounds silly. But we treated the kids like college hockey players. Everything we tried to do, we, we had to raise two or three times the amount of money that ran this program before because we were, we were staying in nice hotels. We were having nice meals. We were having nice charter services. We we're all flying together on a plane somewhere rather than two, three planes like they used to do it. So it was grassroots. And kids bonded to that. There were kids out there that just weren't good enough to play for the school they wanted. And they heard about this thing going on in Arizona where we were literally, come on out. Let's create the tradition together. There is none. And Greg started to build the program like that. And we just got better players, better players, better players. And then, of course, the, the coup de grace was when we won the ACHA National Championship. But I, I, I met with Greg and I said, Greg, it's not over. You know, you, you've got an unbelievable career. You're, you're going to, if we can raise the money, you're going to take over this thing. And you're going to be running the, the Division One hockey program. And along came Mr. Levin and Mr. Mark. <laughs> okay, and now let's 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 clear up a few details. When when you guys started this, there was never the realistic thought that this was going to go NCAA. Or did you guys write that down somewhere and be like, "We're going to yeah. do this, whether whether people like it or not." It was almost like write down a piece of paper and put it in your pocket and, and let's see where we go with this thing. And again, and Greg was a tremendous fundraiser as well, particularly with parents of the players, because he had a lot of clout where, where I could just, you know, talk a good game. But Greg's the one that was talking hockey and, and managing their kid on the ice. But uh, we, we raised a lot of money. We, we donated to charities. We, we had charitable foundations come in. We had a couple cancer clinics always coming in and we take the kids and The players would skate with them on the ice and buying pizza. And so we tried to teach them it was not just about hockey. It was about becoming a well-rounded youth, getting a great education. That was always big. First thing out of Greg's mouth is education, education, education. I don't want to hear you complain about your grades because everybody wants to be here and everybody has the same problem. Go do it. Uh, and and we, we, we did that. We started raising the average grade point of the hockey team to the point that it was one of the highest Of, certainly one of the highest, I think, of any club or, or right there neck and neck with whoever might have been up there. But, but we, had, we had a good hockey culture that we were building. And then uh, when Mr. Levin, originally the first thing that started is Mr. Levin agreed to help us put in a locker room because, you know, at the time, changing at Oceanside Ice Arena in those little locker rooms <laughs> wasn't inspiring to many people to fly really? from British Columbia to, to, to uh, Arizona. Uh, but we just kept working on it. And Mr. Levin gave us $500,000 to build the locker room out, which we did. And we created a nice locker room. I don't know if you guys have been in there, but it's a nice locker room in Oceanside. Uh, it's a beautiful locker room. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I headed up that project. And, and again, Mr. Levin, without his uh, gratuitousness all the time, he, was, he constantly did things for the team. 
he flew with us sometimes on on road trips and we just treated the kids like they were before they were NCA players we treated them like they were NCA players and i think that was the key because everybody wanted to come play here before you knew it you know we were getting letters all over the country from kids that wanted to come out here and play and knew it was an NCAA probably in their mind they thought they'd be a show a show uh, a show a show off in the ACHA and then maybe get plucked up by the division 1 team but I don't think that has happened yet other than the original transfer players. You know, it's been a wild ride. In the beginning, we were throwing everything on credit cards and, you know, <laughs> paying for stuff where you're running out and trying to raise, you know, twenty or $30,000 to pay for hotels and buses. And we had a real disadvantage in that, you know, to play anybody. We, we pretty much had to travel on a bus somewhere. You know, it wasn't like you were in California where you could play three or four teams. If you wanted to go go home or you go down there and play Oklahoma and, and – uh, the other school down there, his name escapes me. Uh, you uh, know, Central Oklahoma? Yeah, Central Oklahoma. Oh, see, tonight. when he said that school down there, I thought he meant somewhere else. <laughs> and, you know, that other place that we don't mention. Um, what place is that? He's talking about um, the one 120 miles or so south of us, Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun. We, 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 what, how many games in a row, Scott, did we win? Do you remember? It was like 50? Oh, it not, was enough. A, not enough. It was a, it not was enough. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch of games that we won in a row against them. They hated us. But that was Good. a great rivalry. It was great for sports. You know, in every sport they hate us, and every sport we hate them. So, Yeah, it it's like, listen, it and, and, and I've heard the coach say this, and you can correct me if, if, if I'm mistaken, but I don't think I am. Yeah, uh, He said on a couple of different occasions, I want them to jump up to NCAA so we can go back to kicking their butts. And I love that. Yes, please, please. Well, it was it was there was really serendipity involved because one of the sports um, writers, um, we were standing talking to him, and he was a good guy and was doing a good job covering us on the beat. And he said, "I have a meeting tomorrow with Ray Anderson about hockey in general." So Greg and I grabbed him and said, "Well, look, you got to talk about we won the national championship, blah blah blah." So we sort of filled him with some talking points, and that's what started the whole thing. And, of course, Greg, uh, Greg worked with uh, Mr. Levin and Mr. Mullet uh, to raise the money that, that we did. And uh, it's just it's been unbelievable since then. And, and to see how fast Greg has built the program to, you know, let's just say, respectability. They're a respectable club. It certainly hasn't, haven't showed it yet this year as we're getting our legs under us. But um, this is going to be a team to be reckoned with now and in the future. And the other thing that, that is great, they were playing so many road games. And, and still, obviously, this Big Ten situation is all road games. <laughs> road so game. get, getting, their own, getting their own barn up is going to be a big feather in their cap and being able to play in front of a home crowd and not always you know, flying uh, to, to different cities different days to play a game. So I think it's all starting to come together, and Greg has just done a phenomenal job. I think Coach Hicks has done a great job. He's the NHL liaison, liaison, liaison. I'm liaison, sorry, yeah. liaison. Okay. Uh, you know, because the kids know that he played, he played at, in the show, and and so they they hang on his every word of what he says and what he talks about, and the tips that he gives them. Um, so Greg, I, I can't, you know, I sound like I'm a Greg Powers <laughs> cheerleader, but okay. seriously, I'm a business yeah. guy, and I look back at what he did and what we decided to do together, and it's just very fulfilling, and I'm so happy for the kids, and I'm so happy for the university that they are where they are now and I, and wish them continued good luck. And, so Ken, and, and you, know, you were, hold on, you were there. So I want people to understand this too. Um, when it came up with that interview with Ray Anderson, it had been brought up before Ray Anderson 
And it was matter of factly and very quickly squashed and put down. We're no, we're not doing this and there's no way we're going to do it. So we also have to give the athletic director and the university president a lot of credit for saying, Hey, we're going to set the tone and we're going to do this too. Absolutely. I, I agree hundred percent. They deserve all the credit in the world. It's not an easy thing to start up a D one sport, particularly when you're always scrambling for money yourself. So the fact that they entertained it and then took it to the level they did and ultimately to completion is, is just terrific. It's, it's a wonderful story. I, I often think I should get with somebody that knows how to write books and just write a book about the whole story because it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Well, most, me... most college people don't understand how hard this is to build a <laughs> team from an ACHA program to an NCA program. Ken, you just led me right into the question I wanted to ask you because uh, – um, the first time that Greg and I sat down before that uh, first NCAA season, and we were sitting in that couch in the uh, in the locker room, uh-huh. and uh, and I asked him how he was going to build this program to compete uh, in a hybrid season, and he said we had to be old, we have to be strong, and we have to be a very physical, and uh, and he built that roster um, to do that, and, and that was really the the groundwork for what was going to be the first full NCAA season. But what I wanted to get back to on him before we jump on a little farther is um, you talk about all the things that you saw in Greg. Well, as I travel around the Southwest for the past six years and I, I talked to other coaches, they all are following a master plan set up by guess who Greg Powers. Yeah. Um, and, and that's in Las Vegas. That's at the U of A that's in Colorado. That's in Utah. His reach already within the ACHA community is a lot. So I thought, okay, he's building a little coaching tree here in the ACHA level. Well, this past summer, Ken, I had a chance to visit with uh, coaches in the NCHC and the Big Ten uh, as I traveled across the Midwest. And uh, every coach that I mentioned had nothing but admiration for Coach Powers and all the the things that he's done. So in a very short six years, he's taken um, his skills and become very, very respected in the NCAA the ACHA, and I think he's going to get some respect from the NHL down the road, but that's I, that's, an, that's another step. That's exactly what I told him when when we uh, when we parted ways, and and he was going to take over the uni- with the university's help. Of course, I said, make sure you get me glass seats because I know you're going to be in the NHL. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to ask, and then I know Paul's got some more questions for you, but the one thing that that I think uh, you know, having lived now in Arizona for 30 years, is that uh, I'm so proud to see what, what's happening within the state. And a lot yeah. of it's ASU hockey. And it started at that club level that you talked about, um, making it a, a real opportunity, if you will, to to be a college hockey player. And the likes of Johnny Walker coming here and you watch what he's done and, and being a kid from the area. And you see Austin Matthews move on but still want to come back and put the jersey on for a promo or whatever. Right. Uh, right. I, I'm so proud of what's happened in Arizona. And I'm sure you can say the same thing. I can. It's been really remarkable. Uh, we, when we came here, uh, we moved here in 94 from Texas at the time. But my youngest son, Patrick, was on rollerblades. And the only reason hockey came into our life, as a Brooklyn boy, there wasn't a lot of places to play hockey. So I was more basketball and baseball. But my son, Patrick, living in our cul-de-sac, literally 500 feet from me right now, was Dallas Drake. And Drake would come out and play with Pat and, and let him shoot on him and pass with him. 
And, and, and then I watched what happened. It just exploded with the kids. When the Coyotes came here, there was a little bit of a delayed reaction and then explosion of hockey all over the place, people coming to play here. And you're right. Some of the names you mentioned are incredible players. It's just Arizona can't be discounted anymore because it's become a, a hotbed of hockey. Certainly like not like Mass and those places, but we're, we're getting up there. We're putting our share fair at the college and at the NHL. Well, for, for folks that are not familiar with the name, uh, Dallas Drake was a longtime NHL defenseman. Um, he wasn't uh, flashy as the players, but he was the kind of player that uh, you need to win. Yep. He was those that solid defensive defenseman uh, yep. who protected the front of his own net and, and his own zone. Uh, and he played I, – I I'm pretty sure he made it to almost 15 years in the NHL. Yeah, didn't he win a championship with St. Louis, or didn't they win it then? I forget when he was over with St. Louis. Uh, I, yeah, I, they just he wasn't. No, I think he was. He's been retired since then, but he might have gotten some uh, close to a cup with St. Louis because they had some good teams. Yeah, he might have been close, but I know he played yeah, with and maybe Louis Dallas and too. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, so so that definitely makes a difference. Um, the question that, that I had, besides the fact that uh, we had to use uh, towels wrapped around our legs for shin guards uh, when we were playing <laughs> in the schoolyards, um, what, who was if you if 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 this is something that you want to get out, just and not who was when was that who was the first player uh, to 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 come and play at the club level with you guys when you and the coach looked at each other and said. Whoa! I think we're on to something here. Uh, this is going to be the guy that leads us to the promised land, so to speak. You know, it, it's a great question, Greg. And it, it was like every year, you know, it was like it's like first year you pick up one or two decent players, right? And second year, all of a sudden, you pick up six, and then they're telling their buddies, and they got people coming from here and there. But I, I can't name just one. Joe Schweiger comes to mind, but he was okay. in the ACHA program. But Joe was the big, big one of the big recruits that we landed, and it's tough to land a kid when you got to tell him he's got to come and pay for his schooling and his hockey. <laughs> oh, I get it, I understand that. But so like I said, somebody had to be pretty had had to be the the, the let, canary in the coal mine, right? Yeah. Let, let, yeah. let me throw this name out there, Ken, and tell me what you think. How about Ryan Ostertag? Ryan Ostertag was a good player. He seemed to get hurt a lot, but but he was a good player, and, and he made the jump right in the. Uh, in the uh, yeah, the expansion or the I guess the uh, hybrid nice. year is what we call it. Um, yeah, so you know we talk about that, but um, I just want to make sure we get into this because this six-year thing is a big thing to me. On the 18th of uh, November in 2014, six years ago, you guys announced that you were going to go and become an NCAA program, and yeah. that was all clearly laid out. Um, I don't know if it was fate or ironic or what, but on the 18th of November, 2020, the uh, Board of Regents approved the new building. Um, yeah, that's how, right. how cool is that, that you can go that's back? Cool. That's going to be there in history forever. And that's what I thought was going to be so cool to talk to you about because I'm sure when you guys made the jump to NCAA hockey, you knew that a building was going to be required at some point, right? Well, I, t I tell you, the first time we thought we could make the jump, that we really got excited is when, when Penn State, when NCAA – and they had their hybrid schedule, but they still had players that they had brought in, NCAA players. We played them in Penn State. They beat us the first night like 7-2, to two, 
wasn't even much of a game. The second game, we come out and beat them 5-3 in front of a packed house. I remember that. As an ACHA team, that was pretty cool. We were drinking a couple (laughs) beers that night. (laughs) Well, it's, it's... Go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say, I, 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 I don't remember the details of the game because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like uh, a ground ball going through Bill Buckner's legs. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just I, I, I started, you know, as you grew up in New York, the college sports was not a thing. No. You know, um, other than I played base, baseball and basketball at pace. Right. Other than St. John's basketball. My friend Jeff Mullins. Yeah. Um, you know, used to play with him in his backyard every day in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, he probably hit a few shots over you, right? He did. <laughs> and a few elbows. <laughs> oh, see, no, that's, that was my specialty. I was good with the elbows. Um, uh, so as, as even though I grew up as a longtime hockey fan, uh, you know, the college game was not something that – was in my on my radar, and just about a year before all this happened, a buddy of mine who went to BU, where college hockey is the hemisphere and is the radar, uh, he started dragging me into it. and And I would imagine that when that announcement was made, your phone blew up just like mine did. Yeah, absolutely. What was the the you know did did you guys have to like when you look at the, when you looked at each other and was there like a moment of silence where you like, you wanted to say something and you just couldn't get the words out? No, it didn't happen like that. I wish, I, I wish it did Paul. Cause it would be a great story. But I'll, I'll tell you when we found out we were just screaming and yelling. We were so excited. You know, it just like you said, you, you set, you put that piece of paper in your pocket for when you started six years before that. And you get better and you get better and you get better and you keep improving and you find systems and define systems and implement them. And now it's getting easier and easier to recruit. And now you win the whole thing. And all of a sudden you're getting thrust into, okay, by the way, we're going to be a D1 school. Now, if you're going to be a D1 <laughs> school, you're going to go out, you're going to go out and you're going to get a, a big time coach. And I mean, no disrespect to coach powers. You're going to go out and get somebody to lead it like they did with Penn state. But, but they didn't do that. And, and thank you to Don Levin, because I think he said, hey, I'm going to give you this money. And I, again, I can't guarantee you this. I'm thinking that how this is how the conversation went. I'm going to give you the money, but I really think you should give Powers a shot. Well, yeah, that, if, if that yeah. is the case, and, you know, we don't know for sure, um, and the athletic director would still have to be convinced of that, uh, that it would not make it look uh, small time. Uh, right. You know, he, he was right. Well, I think that was the concern, right? Because raising money for, for even NCAA sports is a battle. You know, they're, they're, they're facing budget constraints all times. And all of a sudden, okay, you got money now for the beginning of hockey. We can certainly uh, math that out and see how long that's going to last based on estimated uh, travel every year and cost of goods. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line, this, this thing just took off. It just, it just blew up so fast. And again, what Greg said and what we discussed and what we agreed on, it just changed that whole program. And you, I think you're right. I'm happy to hear whoever said it, Greg or Scott, that what the way we built is the way other universities are looking to build their college hockey program, because I, I think we did it right. 
And I think that's showing off now. And I think it's going to show what were we fifth in the country in recruiting this year. Uh, I, I think, think you're higher than that. Maybe, I think you were maybe. second. I think you're second in some books. So that's a pretty good recruiting class. Yeah. How do you do that in the desert? Right? You do it <laughs> exactly. all. I <laughs> see. I, I I understand that question, but I also understand. Uh, well, there's uh, certain other there's certain other amenities. Yes. Down there, and, <laughs> and 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 you know, and I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, Ken. Um, coach doesn't want players to come down because of the climate. But whenever any player gets interviewed, it's the first thing they say. So, you know, whether I, oh, we had that down solid. We would we take the recruit right down where the girls were all laying out for the pool. Yeah, a, play, a player would take them over yes. there and introduce them. Yeah, show them where it, it, it wasn't hard yes. when it was eighty degrees and it was twenty in Manitoba. <laughs> oh, twenty? How about twenty below? Well, that was that was at that noon. Yeah, no, oh, okay, at noon. Um, and I'm sure you drove by a couple of golf courses too, because if it's one thing I know about hockey players, they they enjoy those other sticks too. Yep, my son Pat just he plays three times a week. Never played golf in his life until after he played hockey. Oh, I love it. I mean, geez. I love it. Okay, so, so so here's the thing, Ken, and I, I got back on, on this track again of the six-year thing because it, it's just fixating me, right? Because I think within the next six years, there's going to be an NCAA national championship banner hanging in that new building. So as I kind of project down the road, and, and, and Paul hates me for this, but I always go out and I pick a, uh, what I call my magic number, what the team has to One. do to, to get into the, uh, the NCAA tournament, how many wins it's going to take. You picked 20. Um, I picked 20 this year, yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah. It, I really thought it was going to be a challenge, and I think the Big Ten is going to be a challenge. But I yeah. think this year there's so many more things that go on around it. But getting back to having a facility on campus and from the business side of it, obviously, you know, we talk naming rights and advertising inside the building and all that. But fan support and the location that was finally decided on uh, I don't think he could have found a better spot being outside of no. Packard and right next to uh, Sun Devil Stadium and uh, close to the, uh, the the training facilities for football. And it, it's just it doesn't it make the campus come together. It does. It's it's the final jewel, if you will, with that with basketball and uh, baseball and some of the other major sports. And and again, the way we Greg's run it from the opening was we don't want to play the weakest team so we can improve our record. We want to play the toughest team so we can get better. I mean, that was literally the mantra. And he, even when we we're scheduling an ACHA, and then he consulted me when he did the NCA schedule. I mean, it's just amazing. He was just whoever <laughs> wants to play us, let's play. You won the national championship. Oh well, we'll come up and see you for two, for two games. <laughs> you know, and that 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 not caring. I have confidence in us that what we have is is not going to be ultimately stopped. We're going to win. It's just a matter of time as we keep improving our process and our players, et cetera, et cetera. So to see it come together, that's why I said I love to write a book about it. It was just so amazing, so amazing to see what happened and how these kids came together, how they bought into that philosophy and built that culture, which, as you guys know, in any business, you can find a way to build that culture to the point that, that people – are following you blindly because they love what you're doing. You, you, you've done something right, and and Greg has done something right, and I'm sure he'll continue to do something right. The question for ASU is how long are they going to be able to keep him there? And, and again, he's a, he's a sun devil at heart. <laughs> oh yes, right. so he if is. I, 
Well, if I had a beer with him, he'd tell me forever. I have no no plans on leaving ASU. I coach here forever. But, you know, things change. It's a business like anything else, and things change. But but Greg is definitely somebody that I see uh, aspiring to higher levels than, than where he is now. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I would hate to see that from, from a personal standpoint because I know what he's meant. To get this school to have a Division One program, yep. And I make no bones about it. I, I love football. I, I love baseball. Um, but if you said to me I had to pick the one team that I wanted to see win a national championship, this would be it. And yep. I've told, I've said that on this podcast before too. This, this, this is the near and dear to my heart. And I remember getting laughed at way back in. Uh, my days as a student in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm dating myself. Um, hockey here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. okay. okay. So I want to ask you this, uh, Ken too, before we let you go, because uh, I think it's really important. Uh, Greg's always told me uh, multiple times, the hardest tournament he thinks there is to win in hockey is the ACHA D one, the number of games, the competition, the, uh, the, the time frame it's all put into. Um, and, and when he tells me that, I'm thinking right now the NCHC pod and those guys playing 10 games against that competition in 21 nights. Um, right. Or over 21 nights. But tell us, because you were there. You hoisted the cup with the guys. How difficult, how stressful, how, how much work is it to win an ACHA D1 national championship? Well, I guess like anything you're trying to win, whether it's your son's little soccer team or or, or your ACHA team, you you gotta you gotta have the put in the effort, but you have to have the passion. And Greg has the passion. I mean, he bleeds maroon and gold, so you know they they might be able to keep him there for a long time. And I'm I'm hoping that's what they do. And what was the other part of your question, Scott? I'm sorry, I spaced for one second. There. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, how difficult was it when you were you were around the team that yep. year and at that tournament? Uh, how difficult how did it, how it was. How did it feel game in and game out? You know, we had it led we had so much disappointment along the way, and I guess you have to get disappointment along the way before you're able to eat the fruits. But we, you know, some games we got knocked out. It was literally, you know, those crazy things in hockey. We lost two one uh, because they rolled a goal and go in in the first year. So we would get knocked out the first two or three years and not really advancing, and it was very frustrating. And then everything started to click in, and the teams that used to beat us, we started dominating. I mean dominating, like like U of A, our friends down south, and some other teams. We, we just re- really took it to them, and, and it wasn't much of a contest. And to, to see all of that happen and the way it's grown, it is competitive when you're playing that ACHA tournament. Those teams just keep coming at you. You, you might have a game at 9 o'clock, and you might have a game at 5 o'clock that night. So a lot of times you're playing two games a day certainly won and it, it's tough competition because you got the five or six best teams or eight teams or whatever whatever it is now there in, in a quick elimination match that, that can knock you out in no time so it's like anything i guess the ncaa is, is like that certainly too but the acha was a war it definitely was a war i'm going to give paul the final one here in just a second but but i want to follow that up with uh, we we know uh, right now that the uh, the sun devils are uh, camped out in Wisconsin somewhere waiting for this weekend's matchup 
uh, with the Badgers. But uh, when we had Coach on and we asked him about playing the schedule, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, how are you going to do that? 28 games on the road. And as you would expect from Coach Powers, he came out with nothing but positives. I see it as a glass half full, maybe even three-quarter full. I think that, uh, you know, I'm looking at it, we're going to cut down our trips. Instead of 14 trips, it's only going to be seven. Uh, the kids are all online. We're going to have them all together in a room. I can uh, I can have them here and there, you know. And, and he found all these positives, and I'm sure you saw that from the day you first met him. Uh, everything that comes out of his mouth is positive, and, and there is no hill that he doesn't think he can climb. Absolutely true. He he has an unbelievable disposition of when he sets his mind to something, no matter how. If you tell him he can't do it, he tries twice as hard to find a way to do it. He's just he's just been an amazing person for that program, and I salute him for all the things he's done and hopefully will continue to do. It's, uh, it was an amazing ride, and it, it's great to see uh, ASU uh, certainly start to inch up and get their place in the hockey world as somebody that can play hockey. It's nice to see. It's refreshing. Okay, Paul, you get the last word. All right, I'll get the last word. I got the last question. All right. Um, I don't even know, uh, just out of curiosity, um, we've seen a bunch of teams come into Tempe and play. Uh, we've seen a bunch that have not. Um, you get to pick opening night at the new building. Wow. Who do you want in? Not that wow. ticket sales are going to be a problem. But who do you want? Who do you want to come in and, and, and be that opening game? This is going to be my personal preference, not necessarily. Right, that's what I want, your personal preference. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I want. Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, good choice. Really right. good choice. Is there, is there something behind it? you got to give us a little explanation on why you want to see them. No, I used to love when I was a kid. I loved watching Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, football. You know, if you were, you were born in Brooklyn, I was Irish Catholic and – you know, you got that you got that football team with the maroon and gold, and you're just attracted to them. And and you watch them win, you watch them lose, but you watch them dominate sometimes. The Arab season here and some of the others. So it did, you know, that's from a football obviously, but for, from a hockey right. standpoint, Notre Dame has built a great program, and I'd love to see us play them. And Penn State, I know we play Penn State. I wouldn't <laughs> want to play them for the for the, all the money in the world, but certainly I would I would want Wisconsin or Michigan or somebody else. But I'll take I'll take Notre Dame. And and I get that, you know, uh, you know when when uh, growing up, especially here, like I said, when college sports were not the landscape, um, that th- that was a team you either loved or hated. Right. Exactly. Uh, so I totally understand. Ken, we thank you for uh, for jump, jumping on and uh, and filling us in a little bit uh, in the gaps of that six year window that I'm going to keep talking about. So I know people will be beating me over the head eventually to say quit talking about that, but I think it is so important <laughs> to the history of this program uh, to to know that you were ironically six years apart between the official approval for the arena and the start of going to NCAA hockey. And like I say, I truly believe there's going to be a banner hanging in the next six years. Uh, probably sooner rather than later. Um, wow. And it may not happen in this COVID year. And I don't know if I'd want it to happen in this COVID year, to be honest. I, I want to take it all in, in, uh, in all its glory when that finally happens. So thanks uh, for I know there's a lot of fans out there, a lot of fans out there like Paul that feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Absol- absolutely. Well, thanks we have- so much to both of you, Scott and Paul, for having me on. You got my check, right, Scott? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, wait, you know there's what? a check involved? Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, wait. No. Oh, oh. Okay, hold what, on. What let, is, let me let me get where, to this one because Ken's gonna like this. I, I prodded uh, your buddy Joe Palmer too because I thought Joe would be great to have on when they were playing in Michigan to open the season. Uh, him being uh-huh. a youper, and I thought I know they're not playing Tech uh, or or Western Michigan, but they're playing Michigan and Michigan State, and I, I need you to come on. And he said, No, 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 no. You got you got to get Ken on. Ken's better at it than I am. And I'm <laughs> I said, well, Okay. I'm gonna take him on, but just remember, you were offered as well. So uh, yeah, Joe's Joe's a great guy. He was a big <laughs> part of the program as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to you guys for doing it because I know how tough that is. I mean, we started this company six years ago. Uh, it was, uh, it is uh, still a battle because you got to convince people that you're real. You got to convince people that uh, hockey in the desert is really going to be something. And I believe it. I know Paul believes it, and you certainly. I believe it, and we know that uh, Coach Powers is going to be the leader of it. I, I believe that, and I believe that will only be true. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate your time. Thanks. That's Ken Lind, the guy that uh, was behind the scenes doing all the work before uh, before there became an NCAA team, so we appreciate him coming on. Paul and I are going to take a quick break. we got to come back and preview Air Force and AIC, and we got to give you a breakdown from the NCHC Media Day. So we'll be right back. And talk about this check. <laughs> Keep talking about that, buddy. <laughs> Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. 
Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always on Long Island, New York. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Uh, Paul, uh, I know you being a, uh, an ASU alum, I uh, loved having uh, the, all the good words and, and things about your university from Ken Lynn, but he was a guy that was there and, and, and saw it all and, and what great insight, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I didn't get a chance to tell him if he writes the book that I'll pre-order it and, and, and <laughs> I'll do it now if he really wants me to. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, so because I would love to get uh, the, the inside scoop because that's the stuff that fascinates me. You know, I, yeah. I love that sort of uh, building process sort of kind of okay this is what we did here and this is what we did here you know uh, obviously as, as 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 a site we follow the golden knights uh in terms of the nhl as, as well as the coyotes and the avalanche but um i got i love that you know it, here's an expansion team how are we going to do this what are we going to do who are we going to hire what are we going to do and 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 that kind of stuff geeks me out and fascinates me. And I would love, obviously, to get the inside scoop, um, not just the stuff that we obviously already know. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and don't have time for, you know, and, and we obviously uh, don't have time for, uh, you know, on this podcast, but that's the stuff that I love. I love that kind of minutia and uh, this happened here and, and that happened there and, this clicked into place when this happened and we didn't realize this was going on and this happened. Well, I can tell you one thing, uh, coach powers being the modest guy that he is, will will not sit down for that interview, but maybe I can get, uh, Ken and, and uh, Joe Palmer together and we can sit down and do a little Sunday special. Cause I think that would be fascinating conversation, but that's for another sure. time. Um, I can tell you right now, our, our birthday girl is probably going to be uh, wanting to slap me with a stick, but we're going to be a little long because we well, have things we got. That's nothing unusual. What difference uh, is we, that? What difference does the, <laughs> the podcast have to do with that? Don't you want to do that every day? Uh, uh, probably. Okay, so yeah. uh, let, let's try to do this in the next 15 minutes if we can. Air Force at AIC, we talked about it on Sunday, so we don't have to go deep into it, but uh, COVID has overtaken almost everything, and yep. geez, knock on wood, fingers crossed that Air Force and AIC can play their games on uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, if they do, and hopefully they do, um, what do you expect from Air Force and AIC, just in a quick recap? 
Well, uh, I, I'm sure that Air Force is going to go in there and be like, we have dominated this series over uh, 44 games, winning 34 of them, and we don't expect anything to be different uh, this year. Uh, the, the, the coaches poll says maybe a little different as they picked AIC to win the conference. If, you know, if they play the whole thing through and air force for sixth place, but, uh, uh, you know, that doesn't mean anything. We all make predictions. Uh, <laughs> some of us more than others, <laughs> some of us more than others. Yeah. Some of us hate them. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, past, performances being what they are that you know the air force players are going to go in there and be like we always kick their butt we're going to keep doing it and that goes right from the that goes right from the head coach down because i know frank saratori is uh going out there to win every single hockey game he's involved in no matter what he's got i hope every coach is but Uh, well yeah but i mean uh let's be realistic sometimes you you have to be realistic but uh, good luck right. to Air Force as they take on AIC this weekend. Uh, the other thing, Paul, uh, you and I were both involved with the two-day NCHC Media Day Media Days. Uh, big shout out right. to Michael Wiseman who uh, uh, was able to coordinate everything uh, via Zoom. It went off without a hitch, as far as I know. Um, uh, I had a chance to listen to Commissioner Fenton kick things off on Monday. And uh, a couple of things that I gathered from it, Paul, and I'll throw that out there and then I'll let you tell you. Tell us what you thought from uh, the Denver and, and Colorado college programs. But um, Commissioner Fenton uh, talked about how he thought they really had the best situation to deal with playing hockey games during the COVID times. Uh, he took it partially from the NHL and partially from doctors. And and there was a reason behind uh, why they ended up in Omaha. It wasn't just because it's quote-unquote centrally located. It had a lot to do with the uh, University of Nebraska Omaha Medical Center and their ability to not only um, test and react to COVID, but also to be able to take care of any possible injuries that might happen. Uh, When you're playing 10 games in over a 21-day period, um, there's bound to be some things, right? And uh, he he liked that. He liked the hotels. He liked all of the things around it, but... The one thing that I took away, Paul, and then I'll let you uh, get your uh, your comment in there, is that he said, I still have an uneasiness. He said, our players have been quarantined seven days uh, before they leave, which means a lot of them started last Saturday or Sunday quarantining, and, uh, and then they have to be tested before they get on the bus and tested when they get off the bus. So I don't know what's going to happen on the bus, but uh, that's what their protocol is telling them. And um, they have it all down to a science as to how they're going to sanitize the locker rooms and everything. But he said, he said, even with all of that, I still have a general uneasiness because this pandemic, this virus is just so unknown. Of course he does. And, and honestly, if he had said anything else, but I'd be like, this guy's running a, 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 a big time college sports conference. He, t- t- of course, he's uneasy. Don't don't we wake up every morning and be like, "All right, we survived yesterday. Let's survive today, right now, with with the way things are going." Um, well, let, let me we, finish this. You know, and we're not running college hockey conferences. <laughs> no, but but let me tell you, Paul. If you look around, and I know you do, uh, look around the United States. Um, there are about 
70 million people that don't think that this COVID is anything to take seriously. And that's the part that scares me is that, um, you know, I wake up in the morning and I do everything I can to maintain safety because I've seen it. I've witnessed people that have had it. Um, I know how bad it can be. Gosh darn. Uh, I think you might've been the first person that I know. And I know you had the, had the, the, the dreaded COVID-19 because I don't know if I've ever uh, seen or heard you in the position that you were in for the better part of three weeks. So this stuff is real and it can affect anybody. It doesn't matter of your age, your income, it doesn't matter. So no. if you're not taking it serious, you better look in the mirror and you better do it soon. Listen, um, oh, I hate the idea of getting into this. Um, I understand where you're coming from and we have to address it in our own way. Uh, I, I definitely have my opinions and I know you're shocked about that uh, and you know what they are. And I try really, really hard to leave the politics out of these podcasts because uh, but, but here's the I thing, Paul. don't want to get involved in that. So this isn't politics. what I will say, no, 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 so I understand. Well, this is yeah, about I life mean, and death. This is about a health. Yeah. Virus and, and, that's I, and I understand that I have, I have students who have lost both parents to the virus. Uh, I have students that have lost lots of family members uh, to this virus. So, I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to take it seriously. Uh, that's, I, I don't understand that mindset at all. But, you know, somebody said to me, said, said to uh, put on social media, uh, well, cigarettes are bad and they haven't banned cigarettes. I said, no, they haven't. But you used to be able to smoke anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You can't smoke on an airplane now. You can't smoke in a, in, a, in a restaurant. You can't smoke in any public enclosed place. You can't smoke on a school. I, I know te I knew teachers that used to smoke in class. Yeah, yeah. Time times change. And, and okay, with, so don't don't say that they that that they haven't made laws or 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 policies that that had to be adjusted temporarily or uh, in some sort of fashion for the public good. Don't tell me that because that's just not the, that's not the truth. And you could sit there and say, well, I have my, well, yeah, you do. But your, your situation stops at my nose, literally. That is uh, extremely well said. Um, so, so I think we've made our point. Um, as quickly as you can, give us a quick breakdown from um, the uh, the Zoom uh, media availability we had with Denver first, and then Colorado College, because I think they're both really unique situations. So, Coach Carl, uh, what did you take away from that? Well, uh, Coach Carl is definitely uh, laid back and 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 reserved. He's um, you know, he's, he's in a situation where, 
they very rarely have to rebuild. They don't, they only reload. And, you know, very simply, he was asked if the pandemic was going to affect Denver hockey at all. And he goes, for lack of a better term, he's not really, you know, we're, we're lucky and fortunate to be very well funded. And, 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 we might suffer a bit in the short term, but for the most part, we're going to be okay. You know, and, and I said that that is clearly, you know, the, uh, a situation where, you know, he has, you know, we talked about the blue bloods in the big 10. He's got one of those programs in the NCHC. He's a, he, Denver's a blue blood program. And they're, you know, they're going to be just fine. Um, and the interesting take I got from the Colorado college uh, portion today, listening to Coach Haviland, um, you know, they, they're, they're in a tough spot mostly because they Goodness. did have a player test positive. So their yeah, schedule they're... is going to get adjusted, you know, um, and that one player that did test positive is has been, and to use Coach Havlin's word, on a separate floor from the rest of the players. Right. Okay, stop so, right there for a minute. Let, let me throw this out there so we can just quickly digest this. Um, coach Havlin said that he and the other coaches have been quarantined at home for the last going on uh, 14 days, uh, and they right. will be until 14 days, which is the first, I believe. Um, right. So – They've been quarantined at home. His players have uh, been quarantined. The healthy ones, all but one, have been quarantined in a floor of their dormitory or wherever they have at wherever. Colorado College. And they have brought workout equipment in so they can work out under uh, NCAA rules when they can. Um, right. And they've been very well supervised. But I-, I want you to think about this poor one individual that somehow contracted COVID-19 and has been alone in isolation um, from his teammates and from his family and from everybody else, one person. Now, you know as well as I do that hockey is a team game, right? Everybody talks about the brotherhood and how close you want to get with your team. One person has been separated. How in the world is he holding up mentally? And I hope to heck that they have something. I'm sure they do, but I hope they've got something really good for that poor individual. So if you don't think this COVID is serious, there's your example right there. Just put yourself in that one individual's shoes for a little bit. Yeah, I I, I, I totally get you. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like you said, I, I don't care what the test said. Uh, I went through too many of the symptoms to <laughs> good Lord. You had some to, of the worst symptoms, Paul, that I've seen for a person uh, that I was not hospitalized. That that wasn't was hospitalized. Lucky. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that I was, was not hospitalized, was, but yeah. but you were down and out. Yeah, I was I was I was wiped out. Um and like I said, I was lucky. I you know, I never got to a situation where I was worried about, you know, what was going to happen to my kids. So, um, you know, I, I pretty much, I pretty much stay in my room anyway. So, um, 
except when we're doing the podcasts. So stay out of everybody's way. <laughs> yeah, they, my, my kids—they don't want to interact with me. They're, they're, I'm an old man. And, okay. Um, so I get it. Um, uh, the other thing I, you know, and and I am sure that his teammates are are, are propping him up whenever they can and however they can, uh, because that's just what you do. Okay. Uh, the other thing I I took away from it was. Uh, coach Haviland with his experience as an NHL assistant coach. Yes. And that tight, tight schedule that you get sometimes in the NHL. Um, he's probably as prepared as anybody for the kind of schedule that they're going to face in the pod, especially uh, when they figure out how to reschedule that first game that they were supposed to play. So. Well, the other disadvantage, Paul, and I'll do this real quickly, is he said his guys are still taking classes, right? There. I mean, like Denver is going to be done when they get to the. Yeah, they're pod. used to. I, I, yeah, they're you used know? to that, though. I mean, that's that's. So, uh, but I mean, that's still. Uh, they might be used to it, but they're still doing it on the road um, and trying to get focused in a hotel room when you're playing a game every other day, just about. Um, so. I, you know, credit to Coach Chapman for just doing – yeah, but credit to Coach Chapman <laughs> for what he's doing. Uh, I just have a lot of respect for that guy. And, and Coach Carl, the same, Coach Territory, and certainly Coach Powers. So we wish them all the, the luck as their, their teams get started. And as, of course, Coach Powers, his team continues. Uh, we'll have everything for you Sunday night on College Hockey Southwest Live when uh, we hopefully have no breaks in the action and ASU and Wisconsin go off without a hitch. Air Force and AIC go off without a hitch. And then we will really begin to dig in to the NCHC, which is going to be a whole bunch of fun uh, coming up. I want to end it on one quick note here, Paul. Uh, Leighton Accardo, um, who was adopted, if you will, by the Arizona Coyotes for the past uh, couple of years as she battled cancer, lost her fight today um, here in, uh, in Arizona. It's, it's really touching. We've all seen everything that she's done. Uh, she had been through multiple multiple surgeries to fight this. I know how that is, uh, Paul, affecting you as well. And and we just want to uh, say that our thoughts and prayers are, are with the uh, Arcado family and, uh, and Leighton Strong will live on forever. Uh, big shout out to the Coyotes for what they did today. They all went over, or as many as they could, from general manager and, and coaches on down, went over to the Arcado family home and, and played hockey uh, in their backyard or on their street. Um, just to let them know that uh, they were supporting Leighton. So uh, just needed to get that out and let everybody know that uh, we also are send our uh, condolences and our prayers to the Alcado family for that. Uh, All right. I don't know how you transition from that. I, yeah, I don't. Call, I but... just other than to say uh, cancer sucks. Yes. And, you know. And we're in, we're in the middle of Hockey with... Fights Cancer Month. So, I mean. And, and, and we, you know. Uh, in, in, in this house, we've dealt with it, but it, it, we weren't dealing with a child. Yeah. And, and when I tell people that, that I would, you know, that, that I, through various methods, uh, understand that this is equal opportunity and and that you know there's there's only so much you can do uh and 
I know that there are people who have suffered worse than we have in this house. And I can't even imagine. I, I, I'm still dealing with, 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 with the issue. Uh, and I can't even imagine what would be going on between my ears if it was one of my kids. I, I just can't even imagine. And, you know, she, that the Ricardo family has the spotlight on them. And, and, and I know it's not anything they asked for. Um, but if you're in a family where you're dealing with that, with a child, um, you know, we all wish we could do something, snap our fingers and make it go away. But there's people out there that are rooting for you and supporting you in ways you can't imagine. So, um, our thoughts and our prayers go out to the Cardo family and uh, may they learn how to deal with the pain as quickly as they possibly can, if it's even possible. Very well said, my friend. Um, I'm going to give you a moment just to collect yourself before you do the read and, and tell everybody that uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly will be on tomorrow night. We want to thank Ken Lind uh, for jumping on with us tonight and, and talking Arizona State. The rise from ACHA National Champion to uh, NCAA, I'm calling it a powerhouse, Paul, because they're becoming one. And with the new ability, uh, the new arena and the new uh, uh, conference certainly coming up, it's just going to continue to go the right direction in my book. So take it away, my friend. We'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G ultra band for business that America's been waiting for. By Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford giant and the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood, Ice Time Hockey SW sent you and let him show you the Bell Ford difference. Online at bellford.com or at the showroom, 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner to get yours. Behind the mask at its three valley locations, in line or on ice. We are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans for ASU fans. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. 
All right, folks, that's uh, an action-packed hour and uh, 20 minutes for you to uh, to listen to. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope you get a chance to uh, tune in again on Sunday night, College Hockey Southwest Live, when we got more games to talk about. And Paul and I will be back with you. Join us tomorrow for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly with myself and Stephen Marsh. We talk ACHA hockey tomorrow night. Uh, have a good night, folks, and uh, we'll see you soon. Commence with the beating, birthday girl. We'll talk to you soon.